Okay, Maude, you can put your head back down now. Stay still. Stay so still. You, you can put your head back down. The buppies are in Micah's office today. They they are. This is not a visual medium, but Maude is scared of the thunder that we're having. And it looks like it's going to be a whole day of rain. And Maud is not thrilled about that because Maud does not like thunder. It's been very thundery and very rainy today, and the cats are scared. And Meatball accidentally scratched the shit out of me because I went to pet him, and he was already scared of the thunder. So he jumped up so fast, and I got scratched. And that's on me, and I should have been more sensitive to his needs. In my case, I've just had a very clingy dog all day. Yeah, that as well. Who is literally, as we speak, shaking in my lap. There's been no thunder for like is she really five, shaking? ten minutes. But yeah, she is shaking. Oh, she's got her little head and her paw on your arm. That's very cute. That's really cute. Mm. She turned her head to look at me. This is, this is incredible. So if I if I seem a little bit off, not quite as energetic as I usually am, it's because I'm trying not to disturb the puppy too much that's in my lap. Because there's a puppy there. You can't. There is there is a puppy there. Like don't ruin this, please. Like I'm not even sure I'm close enough to the mic. Ah, uh, you sound okay to me, but you know, of course, I would, I would say that. I suppose this is a public episode, mm-hmm. so I gotta say right off the bat, coming up with news articles that was a uh, fun. <sighs> I believe it. Um, I don't envy your your task, your gruesome task. But in the end, I did come up with some news articles I think are were, are worthy uh, for us to talk about. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, without without getting too depressing you can't tell me what we're doing in the episode in the cold open it's cheating i can hint to it though to entice the listener to listen to more of the episode because everybody wants to hear about the news oh also mike and i are going to compete to see who gets to do the last segment today it's going to be really cool i'm not sure i can compete with a dog in my lap well that's on you you know you shouldn't have you shouldn't have worn the tire boot to the nascar race what think about it what does a tire boot have to do with nascar racing can't drive you shouldn't brought you shouldn't brought you shouldn't have brought ankle weights to the marathon. What what else do you don't bring a hindrance to the competition? Did you take edibles today? Uh no, instead I smoked something from the uh legal weed category. I, I, I don't think that our listeners would have cared all that bad if it was illegal weed, but I'm happy you specified just in case any feds listen to the show. Um well I did the same. So we have an interesting vibe in the studio today. No, we kind of do. Now that I'm li- like sitting here looking at it, it is an interesting vibe. You're looking at me really hard right now. <laughs> I'm looking at you hard. I'm just looking at you. Shit. It's Gender Swap. Welcome to Gender Swap, a podcast by two transgender siblings, one of whom is worried that this podcast may become untenable today between the dog on the lap and the, the strange studio energy. And the other one is just now staring at me really hard. Like, I assumed I was staring at them hard a few minutes ago, but now they're staring at me hard. So now, you know what? This is just, I don't know. Anyway. Do you have have pronouns? I'm one of your hosts. My name is Micah. My pronouns are they, them. My name is Stevie. I use he, they pronouns. And this is a sophisticated podcast for sophisticated business men. Uh, and today we're going to talk about what stocks you're supposed to be investing in. No, we're not. Top we stock. No top stock of the day. Uh, S&M. Next stock. Mm, 
Cole's cash. Now on to the news. <laughs> I really hope nobody takes your financial <laughs> advice seriously. This is not financial advice. Please don't take this as investment advice, and I don't want the SEC to get up my ass. I don't think there's an S&M or a Cole's cash stock. Uh, okay, I've got to move the dog. Come on, Miss Maud. Come on, Maud. i got to move you on my lap. I'm sorry. Also, Applebee's stock. I've heard great things in the works about Applebee's. This isn't insider trading. I don't know anybody at Applebee's. You made it sound very much like insider trading. I did, and then like... I remembered what insider trading is, which should tell you how bad of a stock guy I am. <laughs> we need to rebrand our show away from being a sophisticated podcast for sophisticated business men. Well, thankfully, it's something that we just pivoted to, so I think with the quick work of my editing skills, <laughs> no one even needs to know what happened at all. The producers are not going to like this one, but... I don't know. The producers? What producers? Micah doesn't even know the show was bought out in, like, May 2022. That's crazy. You've done this bit before. I, I did, and I can't remember what I named one of our producers, but I think it was something along the lines of Stinky Dan. And I, I know that wasn't it, but I think that's close. You know what? I don't think you should be able to reuse the bit unless you go back and find what episode it was in. Was it Stinky Dan? And listen to it in its entirety. And then make sure that between that bit and this bit you're currently doing, it's There's continuity. Continuity. Yeah. This is like when I couldn't remember the name of the Muppet Uncle Deadly and I called him Mr. Sexy. Which he's not. He's re he's a scary motherfucker. I went on Muppets Talk again. What's the podcast about? Well, we were just going to kind of talk about some stuff that happened in the news. Okay. And uh, honestly, all that I have today is pretty much news. That's it? That's all you brought to podcast? Well, you'll see. Okay, well... Go ahead, bring your bring your offerings to the table. I hope they don't suck. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> By the way, Ma just walked over to my feet. Oh. It is now curled up on my feet. Ah, oh, that's really cute. Being adorable. That's really cute. So I have to try really hard not to disturb the mod. So again, if my energy is a little bit weird, it's because I'm trying not to disturb an animal. My weird energy will distract from your weird energy. Don't even worry just, about it. Just give me a weird energy episode. Yeah. <laughs> Our first headline. Mm -hmm. Crews search for survivors and survey the damage after tornadoes leave at least six dead in Tennessee. There are tornadoes? Last night. God damn. Crews are searching for survivors and surveying the damage after tornadoes and strong thunderstorms tore through Tennessee, overturning cars, ripping apart buildings, and leaving at least six people dead. God damn. At least three people died, including a child, after a tornado struck the Clarksville area of Montgomery, of Montgomery County in northern Tennessee, officials said Saturday night. Hmm. The Montgomery County was in a search and rescue phase Saturday evening after nearly two dozen people were treated for injuries at a hospital, officials said. Damn. It's devastating news and our hearts are broken for the families of those who lost loved ones, Clarksville Mayor Joe Pitts said in a statement. The city stands ready to help them in their time of grief. As Clarksville looks for survivors and possible additional victims, the mayor declared a state of emergency Saturday night and enacted a 9 p.m. curfew. That's crazy. Uh, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee thanked state and local responders in a statement on Saturday. A statement on X, no less. Oh. Someone's using Twitter. That's crazy that they're using Twitter for official business now. Still using Twitter for 
talks about disaster relief and emergency statuses. They don't know we've all moved to Tumblr. Should really get, they should really get that Tumblr going. Getting back to the dire news. Right. Talks about how whole houses were gone, cars flipped. There were at least two tornadoes. Two? Yeah. While Tennessee grapples with the aftermath, more storms are set to hit the eastern U.S. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. A few thunderstorms may become severe on Sunday from the Florida Panhandle to Delaware. That's how far this storm system runs. That is big. That's crazy. I didn't know it was that big. Climate change is a happening. <sighs> Especially given this is a uh, winter. Well, not really winter. It's fall. But you know what I mean? It's December. Shooting lasers at you with my eyes through the pewter. <laughs> it's December 10th as of recording this. It's supposed to be winter. Shooting lasers at you with my eyes through the pewter. Stop As we discussed on another episode, winter doesn't technically start until the solstice, which is on like December 21st. I want to move on from the really kind of shitty news about, hey, there's storms, Mm -hmm. to a different headline from CBS News. Mm -hmm. An unbelievably frugal Indianapolis man left $13 million to charities. Holy shit. Uh, at Teachers Treasures, a free store in Indianapolis for educators who need school supplies, Executive Director Martin Sheehan is still stunned at her good fortune after someone called and offered her nonprofit more than a million dollars. Wow. It was an amazing act of kindness to which I responded, I need to sit down, Sheehan told CBS News. And oh. it wasn't just her. For the past two years across Indianapolis, dozens of other nonprofits have gotten the same call. The first thing he said was, what would you do with a million dollars? Said Emmy Hildebrand, CEO of this of the group helping veterans and families of Indiana. We hovered above our own bodies thinking like, is this real? Said Julie Henson, vice president of the development for Coburn Place, which provides support and housing to survivors for domestic violence. Damn. The man making the calls was attorney Dwayne Isaacs. He says just about everybody had the same reaction, and some wouldn't even hear him out because it sounded so unbelievable. Yeah. Probably three or four entities that lost out because they just didn't take my call. Damn. Isaac told CBS News. The money isn't Isaac's. Okay. He's just the executor. Okay. The money belonged to a man named Terry Kahn, who worked for 30 years for the Veterans Administration and had no immediate family. Wow. Most importantly, according to Isaacs, he was just unbelievably frugal. He lived in a modest house in South Indianapolis. He drove an old Honda and refused to carry a cell phone because he said they cost too much. Wow. Even when he died in 2021, he wanted no announcement because who would spend good money on an obituary? Wow. (laughs) Everything was directed to go to charity. But in his will, Khan didn't specify which charity, so Isaacs called around to see who wanted it. Mm. In the end, about a dozen nonprofits took his call and got a share of the $13 million estate. Wow. That included the $1.5 million for teachers, for, tre- for teachers' treasures, roughly double their annual budget. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, some guy decides to live ultra frugally, which, can you imagine how boring his diet must have been? Ah. <sighs> Freaking bologna sandwiches, pancake mix, and peanut butter. I imagine a lot of rice and beans. Mmm. Rice and beans is a good one. Rice and beans is cheap. He said, no iPhone, no Samsung. Be quiet. I do not want your 5G. I hope he was happy also. 
man lived like a penitent monk, apparently. I'm not sure he was happy. I don't think I would have been. I wouldn't have been. So be so boring. What about TV? He doesn't Do sound ju- like he had TV. Do you just sit there in your living room all day and think about all the money you're accumulating by not watching the news? I don't know. He's better than I, I suppose. Yeah, I'm not sure how to segue out of that one to the next well, one. We sound like real jagoffs making fun of a man who left a fortune to charity, so... <laughs> Well, I wasn't making fun of him, per se. I was just saying that his life did sound kind of uh Now you're trying to figure out how sad. you can describe it. So, Well, that sounds like you're making fun of him. <laughs> making it was uber cool, but he did. End no, of it sentence. is very cool what he did. It is unequivocally cool what he did. We thought but, it was cool. Quote, uh, statement from the Gender Swap podcast in response to Terry Khan's $13 million charity donations. But also kind of sad. Stevie is silently nodding in agreement so that there's not a record of his agreement with me. Uh, we're going to move on it's from more this of a segment. Shrug. It's more of a shrug. All right. Okay. We're shrugging in agreement. That, that well-known gesture of agreement, the shrug. You said you only brought the news. I'm still on the news, baby. Mmm. Mmm. But this news isn't just news. What kind of news is it? It's dinosaur news. This is a dinosaur corner. You cheated. You told me earlier you were bringing Dinosaur Corner, but you didn't tell me it was packaged inside the news. Dinosaur Corner. Rawr. Dinosaur Corner. Rawr. So we're going to have to do this one a bit differently because there's news about this dinosaur, and then I have to explain what this dinosaur is so you have a little bit more context. Cool. Pliosaur Discovery. Huge sea monster emerges from Dorset Cliffs. Fuck, I love fucking sea monsters ocean dinosaurs are so cool okay hold on i'm actually going to show me the image this into the chat show me the image there we go this is in the chat now for stevie that's big as hell whoa that's huge looks like a dragon the skull of a colossal sea monster has been extracted from the cliffs of dorset's jurassic coast that's right dorset has some cliffs called the jurassic coasts that's quite fitting. It belongs to a, ple- a pleosaur, a ferocious marine reptile that terrorized the oceans some 150 million years ago. Terrorized indeed. Hey, in the vid- in the picture, is that the guy who discovered it? Uh, that's just a guy. Every picture I've ever seen of an arch- sorry paleontologist with their discovery, every picture I've seen looks so fucking cool. Man, that's a cool picture. Uh, the caption for it says, Steve Etches has the skull. Now he wants the rest of the animal's body. Does that not sound like the most threatening Man. thing ever? Man, that is so scary. That is such a good quote. I have the skull. I want the rest of the body That's now. so frightening. It's almost appropriate. I have thunder rolling behind me as I, as I read out the... Uh... It's really scary. Yeah. So anyway... The two-meter-long fossil is one of the most complete specimens of its type ever discovered and is giving new insights into this ancient predator. Mm. The skull will be featured in a special David Attenborough program Mm. on BBC One on New Year's Day. Well, that's going to be cool as fuck. Yes, it is going to be. Too bad we don't have BBC One. Aw, man. We'll have to wait for them to do, like, reruns of it on (laughs) PBS or something. Yeah. Uh, there isn't a specimen anywhere else to match it, believes local paleontologist Steve Etches. So, yeah, this guy's just local. He's a paleontologist that lives there. They find enough fossils in this cliff on the regular for him to have a job. He's just devoted to this one area. 
That's beautiful. Kind of living the dream, if you ask me. Best possible situation for an archaeologist, I think. Paleontologist. Paleontologist. Shit. Uh, it's one of the best fossils I've ever worked on, he said. What makes it unique is it's complete. The lower jaw and upper skull are meshed together as they would be in life. Worldwide, there's hardly any specimens found with that level of detail. And if they are, a lot of bits are missing. Whereas this, although it's slightly distorted, it's got every bone present. It looks so cool. It looks so cool. I'm obsessed with this guy. Damn, what a cool dinosaur. The skull is longer than most humans are tall. Damn. Which gives you a sense as to how large the creature would have been overall. Mm-hmm. You can't help but focus on its 130 teeth, yeah. especially those at the front. Long and razor-like, they could kill with a single bite. Mm. But if you look a bit closer, on the back of each tooth, <gasps> it's marked with fine ridges <gasps> that would have helped it pierce the flesh and then quickly extract its dagger-like fangs ready for a rapid second attack. Whoa. And I'm going to actually open this image in a new tab. And give it to you in the chat. So you can appreciate the ridges <gasps> Whoa. That, are, that are on the backs of these teeth. Looks like a fucking Pringle. Not sure that's a takeaway I would have gone with, but uh, sure. Ruffles have ridges, you know? That's crazy. Anyway, so the Pleosaur overall. Mm-hmm. This is a BBC article, uh, news slash environment science dash then a number or whatever. Describes the Pleosaur as the ultimate killing machine. Looks like it. And was about 12 meters long with four powerful flipper-like limbs to propel itself at high speed. It was an ap the apex predator in the ocean. That is not necessarily true. Really? Really. What, do you have proof? There's worse. Some Plesiosaurs got bigger. Oh, no. Bigger than this guy? Bigger than this guy. Well, I think they're just being excited about this discovery. They are, but I think they need to tone it down just a little bit. <laughs> oh, mod. You moved too much, okay, you so wiggled too bad. Mod shifted where she was. Okay. So I have to awkwardly like change my foot's position. And I look down underneath the desk, and all I see are these two little eyes glowing up at me from underneath the desk. It's because you're wiggling. Stop wiggling. I'm not the one moving around like she is. This iced coffee is really delicious. Well, that's good. Dr. Andrew Rowe from Bristol University said, I have no doubt that this was sort of like an underwater T-Rex. Is that true? They're really excited about it, but like... The problem is that public hype is the only way they get funding. Like they're having, they're having to clickbait fossils to get money, Micah. They're doing what they need to do. Yeah, it's just I, I understand they're doing what they need to do. But I do wish there was kind of a sense of proportion to their excitement. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It looks really cool, though, and I kind of can't get over just how much like a dragon this thing looks. Like, we didn't, humans didn't theoretically know what this thing looked like, and we still invented, like, dragons and shit. Or did you ever think we might have invented dragons after somebody found a skull? And just went, there's this large animal skull. Because that beach has been around longer than human beings have been around. That's true. Early humans, humans could have found it and been like, oh, shit, that's and then a large it, skull. And then it I got unpreserved, that. you know? They got as far as the cavemen, and then, you know, they broke it into cookware. So, honestly, it had never even occurred to me that other humans might have discovered fossils, and they just didn't make it past that point. If they didn't have a written language. Man, that's so fucking cool. And human beings haven't had written language most of our existence. 
Hey, good point. I always forget that. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Written language is kind of magical if you think about it. The amount of, like, technological leaps forward it was able to, like, produce. Yeah. That's fucked up. So speaking of written languages... Oh, yeah. I, I want to get back to talking about the Pleosaur. Yeah. I want to actually talk about the animal itself instead of what the BBC is saying about the animal. Okay. And to do that, I'm going to the extremely reputable website, a to zanimals.com. Fuck, yes, let's go. And this is animals, and this is the Pleosaur. Let's see. It's prey. What it ate. It ate fish. Mm-hmm. It ate dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. It ate ichthyosaurs. And it ate other marine reptiles. Ate just about every dang thing in the ocean. Biggest threat, meaning the threat to it. Okay. Bigger plesiosaurs. Oh. Because to bigger plesiosaurs, well, that's another dinosaur ripe for eating. That's another marine reptile. <laughs> yeah. A most distinctive feature, they had massive and long heads. Is it plesiosaur or pleosaur? Pleosaurs. We're talking about pleosaurs, but the plesiosaurs are the ones that would eat them. Okay. Pleosaurs had four massive flippers, which they used for swimming. Love. Their habitat was open oceans, estuarian waters. And that's not the one with horses. That's the one where the water meets the uh, grass. Yeah. And freshwater habitats. So everywhere there's so water all of them. much. So, uh, all, so all of them. Right. All water. <laughs> water when it's by land. Water when it's not by land. Water that's salty and also not salty. That's all the water. That's all of them. <laughs> Have a nice refreshing glass of water oh shit there's a plesiosaur in here yeah too bad other water source but it's also there uh its predators were bigger plesiosaurs already said that its diet was carnivore uh was it venomous no but we have no way of knowing that really yet would their bones look different in the skull if they could do poison i don't know that's a good question i feel like in some cases it would because the poison's got to come from somewhere yeah, maybe. I think it would be evident in maybe the teeth. Because I imagine that poison works not like saliva, but I imagine that it works like um, the teeth are little needles and it's, it like injects it. I only think, I think only snakes have that. The, in, the injectable venom? Yeah, the injectable kind, like the way that they... Do they really have teeth like straws? Snakes? That's crazy. Yeah. Like look at a picture of a uh, rattlesnake. Well, then in that case, I think that the dinosaur could have done it. We'd be able to see in its teeth. Okay, that's fair. But it might have also had like a septic bite, like the... Uh, the was, um, was that the bites Komodo too, dragons? Bites too stink? Ba- ba- basically, it, it's too dirty, their bite. That's and nasty. And it causes bacterial infection. That is nasty. They like put gangrene on their teeth and they're like, all right, time to go catch dinner. That's crazy. Yeah, pretty much. What's the purpose of that? Then you eat it, it's got a bacterial infection. Yeah, but their stomach can still digest it and stuff. That's fucked. Anyway, the pleosaurs. Right. Diet. What did pleosaurs eat? Right. Pleosaurs were carnivorous reptiles. Okay. They were apex predators. Meaning they were the top. But then further up, they said they had to worry about larger plesiosaurs. (sighs) Maybe it's just for the whole species. Because if all you have to worry about are like other members of the same group... Then I don't think it counts. Because then it's like, well, the biggest one is the apex predator. No, 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 no. But pleosaurs and plesiosaurs are two different things. I think that the article confused them. That's my theory. That is my hot take. I think the article got them mixed up. You know what? I'm going to agree with you on that. That's nice. Anyway, 
<laughs> they were apex predators and could have preyed on virtually any other animal in the habitat small enough for them to take on. Powerful. They had long and powerful jaws with many sharp, conical teeth. Crazy. Since they lived in water, their main prey included sharks, Ooh. fishes, dinosaurs, ichthyosaurs, and plesiosaurs. So it says they ate plesiosaurs. plesiosaurs. I'm telling you, they're mixing them up. They have to be. Habitat. When and where did plesiosaurs live? <sighs> plesiosaurs lived from the early Jurassic period of the Mesozoic era into the early or mid-Cretaceous period. Oh, shit. Roughly 66 million years ago. That's crazy. That means they were around for nearly 120 million years. God damn. That's very resilient. A lot happened in 120 million years. I'd assume. <laughs> I would assume so, too, because holy shit, like, we're talking like the continents changed position. That's like, crazy. While these animals were alive. Your part of the estuary is just getting slowly farther and farther away from the rest of the neighborhood. <laughs> Not sure why, but, you know. That's you crazy. Roll with it. Or all of a sudden there's a mountain range underneath your estuary that wasn't there before? Yeah. And I, I think at some point it stops being an estuary because of that, but I might be wrong. As long as you keep the water near the goddamn land, I guess you're good. Uh, police source also had a wide range of habitats as their fossils have been found near open oceans, estuary and waters, we talked and about even this. freshwater habitats, like we've been saying. They were everywhere there was water, pretty much. Also, it's very cool that it was found in Jurassic Cliff, and it is from the Jurassic period. They were also found across different locations, including Africa, Australia, Europe, China, South America, North America, what? England, and France. So this bitch ran the world, basically. Was everywhere. You couldn't take a fucking bath without a pleosaur being in the damn tub with you. <laughs> she can't Apparently get rid of the things. Not. Apparently not. Uh, threats and predators. Okay, let's see Is what it, it repeating itself here. again? No, it doesn't. I don't think so. Okay. Pleasaurs were among the largest predators of their time, and the only few, and only a few larger predators could take them down. They were the dominant marine reptiles until the Mosasaurus came along. Mosasaurus. The Mosasaurs were the new predators, were more vicious, and were also more agile. And while they didn't attack the Pleasaurs, they became their major competitors, mm. eventually displacing them. Oh, if they eat all the same things, they take all the food. Bummer. Yeah. That's interesting. They weren't even trying to kill them. So, pleosaurs, where they were first found. Yeah. Pleosaurs were first discovered in the 19th century by Richard Owen, who was also the scientist that named them. Plesiosaur fossils had been found earlier, so the proper classification for the newly discovered pleosaurs baffled scientists for a while. Mmm... Fossils of these reptiles have been found on almost all continents with complete parts. In 2006, one of the largest pleosaur fossils was discovered on the Arctic island of Svalbard in Norway. That is so cool. This is the largest fossil of this reptile found to date. Ah, but now we've got that... That big one from Jurassic Cliff. That was just discovered. That's crazy. Like, that article for the that BBC was, was posted uh, today. That's so cool. They're still finding new dinosaurs. That rules. Extinction. When did pleosaurs die out? Yeah. Pleosaurs gradually became extinct in the early Cretaceous period about 66 million years ago. Mm -hmm. Their extinction was partially due to their competition with the mosasaurs, mm. who were more agile and better adapted. 
Some experts think the Pleosaurs disappeared because the Mosasaurs outcompeted them. This suggested that they were not around when their Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event occurred. Hmm. This worldwide extinction event that killed all three quarters of life on Earth at the time, including the Pleosaurs, if they still existed at that time. Interesting. So there's an argument that they might have survived to the Cretaceous, but even if they did, that event would have killed them off. Okay, gotcha. Animals that are similar to the Pleosaurs, we have the Plesiosaurs, the Dolichoronopterich? Ooh. That's a fucked up one. Dolichoronopterichs. Dolichoronopterichs. Will you say that to me? I love how dinosaur names are just a mix of Greek words and Latin words mashed together. Dolichoronopterichs. I see the problem now. Dolichoronopterichs. Or cops, theoretically? I don't know. Dollar dollar corn chops. Yeah, that's weird. You were right. Dollar corn chops. That sucks bad. The more I say it, the less I like it. And I already didn't like it to begin with. Dollar corn chops, yeah. It sounds like a, like a curse. Yeah, it does. So anyway, that's another kind of animal that was around. Big fan. Yeah, this article kind of ran out of steam when they hit that point. They're like, guess what else it was kind of like? This name that you're going to fucking hate. Yeah. The dollar corn chops. <laughs> Which sounds like I'm saying dollar corn chops. It does. It's really, really hard to distinguish when you're saying it. For the dear listener, it's D-O-L-I-C-H-O-R-H-Y-N-C-H-O-P-S. Dollar chorin chops or dollar corn corn chops. <sighs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> so yeah that's uh all the news and dinosaur news i had today well that's awesome i have some pretty cool stuff for us coming right up but first a pee break it's my turn Yes, it is now your turn for the segments that you have brought forth to the podcast day, which means it's my turn to try my best to derail them. Mm-hmm. First, a, a, a cool sip of uh, of cold soda. Mmm, delicious. Okay, so the first segment I brought today is the Creepy Cube. We have to sing it. Climb into the Creepy Cube. Climb into the creepy cube. It's so good. Okay. it's not even the one we use. Then why is it the one you did? Because it's the one that you originally sang, and we always sing it, but it's not the drop we actually use. I still don't remember what the actual drop we use is. Hold on a second. Doop, doop, doop. Gotta share my screen. Okay, ready? Yeah. I've never heard that before. I swear to God, I've never heard that before in my entire life. <laughs> I have played it for you repeatedly. I know for a fact you have heard that drop before. Well, I've been blocking it out. That one's really pleasant and it's really fun and it has exactly the vibe that I think we're going for, but it doesn't have the lyrics climb into the creepy cube, which I personally thought was non-negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I didn't get that across in the contract. <laughs> You came up with the song after I'd already written the drop. Did I? You did. Well, I came up with the name of the segment. 
I just think that I should have some. I just think that I should get to have some sense of ownership over it. <laughs> but it is a really delightful drop. Is the problem? I just need to. I just need to uh, smush my own lyrics onto it. I'll workshop it. Okay, so we're. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so we're going to be talking about what I brought in front of the Creepy Cube today. I have uh, rolled on up with one of those uh, uh, dollies that you use to wheel a bunch of boxes. And I've just rolled on up to the front door with um, with an Iron Maiden. You guys know all about the Iron Maiden. Looks like a freaking coffin, but it's got spikes in it. Pokes all those damn holes in you. Um, well, it's not even freaking real. Mythical torture device. Consisting of theoretically a solid iron cabinet with a hinged front uh and a spike covered interior sufficiently tall to enclose a human being um problem is obviously oh by the way this is coming to us from wikipedia.org the first stories citing the iron maiden were composed in the 19th century uh so the use of iron maidens is considered to be a myth because it seems basically like this was uh just a blatant fabrication uh in the 1800s basically created to sell to antiques dealers basically saying this is a cool torture device that they used back in the medieval medieval times weren't those bastards crazy weren't they into some fucked up shit and then antiques dealers and museums were like man that is so fucking cool we're gonna put a, a middle ages device in there anyway all of those were made at that time and like aged fake style <laughs> Basically, they just made artifacts that looked old to sell to antiques dealers. So, um, it does have a reputation. This ties into... You know what this ties into? What? What we talked about on the bonus episode that, if you're not a Patreon listener, you didn't get to hear. But, on the bonus episode, we had a long discussion about how back in the day, you could just pretend to be a doctor. Yeah. You could just pretend things, because everything was just kind of made up. Roll up into town, say you have a medieval torture device, and all the and all the museum owners go, "Well, that's fucking cool. Give me that right now, for my big room full of stolen stuff." Which means that, like, not only are you pretending, but obviously the museum uh, person is pretending too. Oh yeah, everybody's pretending this shit belongs to them. Because you you roll up with your medieval quote unquote torture device, you're like, "Hey, don't you know about the the Iron Maiden, the hot medieval torture device?" And the guy's going to go, of course I do. I run this museum. Yeah, how would, how would I not know about this? It's like, oh, well, do you want one? Because I have one for sale. And he's like, well, I've, I've got to get me one of these. Yeah. And here we are. People bullshitting each other. All day long. And then weird stuff like dinosaurs exist for real. Yeah, really. But the Iron Maiden wasn't, like, born in a vacuum. So, okay. looking over its history... Uh, despite its reputation as a medieval instrument of torture, there isn't any evidence of it existing before the 19th century. But there are ancient reports, so kind of rumors, of the Spartan tyrant Nobis using a similar device around 200 BC for extortion and murder. Um, so it, it looks like they might have done it a little further back. Um, the Abbasid vizier Ibn al-Zayat is said to have created a wooden oven-like chest that had iron spikes for torture, which would ironically be used during his own imprisonment and execution in the year 847. So that's more like an evil suitcase, but it is still, you know, box with spikes in it. Just not the standing coffin kind of style we had we had later. Uh, Wolfgang Schild, a professor of... Sorry. 
Wolfgang Schild, a professor of criminal law, criminal law history, and philosophy of law at the Bielefeld University, has argued that putative Iron Maidens were pieced together from artifacts found in museums to create spectacular objects intended for commercial exhibition. So kind of those, like, really cheap sideshow attractions at carnivals where it's like look at this tiny pony and it's just a Shetland pony in a deep deep pit and you feel really bad for looking at it because get him out of there and then there's the tents that just is just full of like puppets and creatures made of like resin and they're like or there's the tent or there's the tent every now and then for the man-eating chicken what have you ever seen the man-eating chicken no is it a regular chicken? Nope, it's some guy eating a plate of chicken. That's really funny. For real? That's like a joke that they do? Yep, that's, that's a for real one that they do. That's very funny. I do enjoy that. Well, this was just for like people who want to see little fucked up artifacts. Um, several 19th century Iron Maidens are on display in museums around the world, including the Museum of Us, the Meiji University Museum, and several torture museums in Europe. Because, of course, they have those. Of course, they have a torture museum. Multiple. Multiple. Which means there's a market for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unsurprising. The possible inspirations for the Iron Maiden, uh, they may have been constructed as probable misinterpretation of a medieval Schandmantel, that's German, which was made of wood and metal, but without spikes. Inspiration for the Iron Maiden may have also come from the Carthaginian execution of Marcus Atilius Regulus, as recorded in Tertullian's To the Martyrs and Augustine of Hippo's The City of God, in which the Carthaginians shut him into a tight wooden box where he was forced to stand, spiked with the sharpest nails on all sides so that he could not lean in any direction without being pierced. Or from Polybius' account of Nobis of Sparta's deadly statue of his wife, the Iron Apega. What? He made a deadly statue of his wife. That is wild. It's either very flattering or very insulting. I can't decide which. The mechanical apega, according to Polybius, was a machine, a well-executed replica of the real wife of Nobis, which was used by Nobis to collect money from unwilling Spartan citizens. Those who did not give money were sent to deal with his wife. This was the replica, dressed in expensive clothing, with arms outstretched. When the drunken visitors hugged her, this triggered the arms to close. The device's arms, hands, and breasts were covered with iron nails, and the arms were capable of crushing the body of its victim. And Nobis would control the machine through hidden devices until the victim agreed to pay a tribute, or fucking died. Hey, that's wild. Sometimes people forget that they, they did, like, automatons and shit. Or at least supposedly. That's wild. Fucking buttons and pulleys and levers and give me my money or die by my wife's titty. Wow. Not just my wife's titty. A puppet of my wife's titty. A puppet of my wife. Oh, she was also a tyrant, the real woman, and she helped in furthering her husband's ambitions, supposedly. Um, this is fascinating. She ruled Sparta like a Hellenistic queen, similar to Cleopatra and Arnisoe, because she received men at court alongside her husband. Okay, good for her. Anyway, 
and both her and her husband brought suffering and violence to their subjects by stealing their wealth and valuables. So they were just being kind of your bog standard dictatorial rulers. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it. So so you're not not role models. Not role models even a little bit, but it seems like the Iron Maiden, which was just made up to say how fucked up people in the Middle Ages were, uh, was possibly based on that. They could have just said that it was from back then, but no one thought that was cool. What can you do? So yeah, those are the, the crazy, fucked up, fake, and also kind of real roots of the Iron Maiden. It seems that it's just misattributed for the most part. Indeed. Yeah. Now it's in the creepy cube. And now we have an Iron Maiden in the corner. I slipped it in when you weren't looking. While I was monologuing, I was just rolling it in on the dolly through the front door. Next so, to the taxidermy owl. I, I was, I was going to ask, where is the owl? Where's the money in relation to all of this? You mean the transgender skeleton? The transgender skeleton, that's right. Well, if you'll remember, there's a spooky circle inside of the creepy cube. And right now the circle, uh, it's you, me, the transgender skeleton. I think there's one other person there. The Lake Tahoe dance floor is also the flooring. You're making a face. I, there was a thing I wanted to talk about on podcast. Oh, yeah. There was a transgender mummy who was buried looking the other way with the ritual rites. They were looking the direction that uh, women in burials usually look, even though the body was biologically male. I remember that. We actually might have also had a mummy. No, this is one that I – it was a possible segment idea I sent to you uh, a couple of weeks ago now. What was it? Yeah, link to it. 3,000-year-old 3, carving challenges Bronze Age perceptions. No, go away. I don't want to sign up. Hate that. Hate that shit. Don't steal my MFing data. Come on now. Hyperallergenic.com. 3,000-year-old carving challenges Bronze Age perceptions of gender. Newly unearthed funerary stones suggest that ancient societies may not have adhered to strict gender binaries. This is so cool. Ugh, I don't want to sign up either. A recently discovered Bronze Age funerary monument in Spain is shedding light on prehistoric notions of gender. The object, a carved commentary... A commemoratory stone called a Stella depicts a figure with male genitalia wearing a headdress and necklace accompanied by two swords. Previous scholarship assumed that the headdresses and necklaces signified female identity and swords noted mm. male identity. But the presence of both adornments in the roughly 3,000-year-old carving suggests that Bronze Age societies may not have had adhered to strict gender binaries. That is so fucking cool. So we've got a headstone that shows that uh, gender has always been a bit fucky. That's really fucking cool. So now where are we going to put the headstone in the creepy cube? Um, don't want to put it next to the owl. Uh, opposite wall to the Iron Maiden. Okay, that works. We could put it in the center of the spooky circle if you want, and then it looks like we're all going to do a ritual. I don't in know my, either. In my brain, I'm, like, crafting this room like The Sims. I need you to know I'm, like, mentally blueprinting right now, but... Gosh, I'm really bad at that, so I have no actual frame of reference for where all this stuff is. Yeah, you don't even have any, any frame of reference. I really could say that it was, like, on any wall, and you would just be like, okay, because you, you don't even know what's in the rest of the cube, and you don't remember what walls they're on. Nope. Walking down all the driveway, I know though, is there are six sides to this cube. Are there? There's oh, top and bottom. Right, my bad. I forgot about the top So you could be stapling stuff to the ceiling for all I know. That hadn't occurred to me yet. Why don't we hang the 
taxidermy owl from the ceiling. That would look You're cool. You're the one in charge of the interior design of the Creepy Cube. Well, I'm moving it. I'm moving it so it's hanging overhead, like at a scary museum. Okay, gotcha. So we're going to walk down the driveway of the Creepy Cube. We're sauntering across the property. Uh, we're just going to make our, our dadgum way on over to... Uh, what's just down the road? That's the Hall of Mischievous Boys! So I'm presenting before the council of which you are presiding as the head of today. I would like to discuss the bootlegging roots of NASCAR racing. So you want to put a concept into the Hall of Mysteries Boys. An event. We haven't done that before. Well, I'm presenting it before the council. I don't... <sighs> okay. Give them a fair shot. I'll give them a fair shot, but I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here like, we've never done a concept before. I'm just trying to think if we've done anything close to a concept before. Well, this is coming to us from prohibition.themobmuseum.org. Well, <laughs> but, all right. But to be clear, this is a topic that I have also fact-checked elsewhere in case you're concerned. Do so they from, cite their sources? Let's check. If they do, I'm honestly going to be disappointed. They don't. They don't. I don't see any sources. We'll see Good. if there are any in-text sources, but I don't see any at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. The pictures aren't either exactly. They have good descriptions, though. So the title of this article is simply NASCAR Rooted in Prohibition Bootlegging. From North Carolina to Spokane, Washington, bootleggers during Prohibition used souped-up automobiles to stay ahead of federal agents and local police while transporting illegal whiskey on back roads in the dark of night. The idea was fairly simple. Take a car that looked ordinary on the outside, modify the engine for greater speed, remove the floorboards, passenger, and back seats to store as many cases of liquor as possible, install extra suspension springs to handle the weight, a dirt-protecting plate in front of the radiator, and run the prohibited booze to customers by outsmarting or outrunning the authorities. Note that they said the idea was fairly simple and proceeds to give a paragraph... (laughs) of instructions that seemed decidedly unsimple to me. But I digress. So this no, was it all sounded, too- It sounded simple to me. It sounded to me like they were giving directions on how you two can outrun the cops. This is a real try it at home. Yeah. This, this is, is a real pl- let's play along at home. So they're doing all this. If you don't have it in your own garden, store-bought is fine. Store-bought is fine. They're doing all this shit just to get away from the cops. So to elude federal prohibition agents, sheriffs, and cops on these roads, these daring runners needed sharp driving skills to speed and maneuver along dirt, gravel, single lane, and occasionally paved roads after dark, and at times with their headlights turned off. Even before Prohibition came to an end in 1933, racing these high-performance cars became a popular pastime among the runners in North Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, Georgia, and elsewhere in the South. They raced each other's cars, many of them Ford models, on weekend afternoons out in the country on makeshift dirt tracks. Such were the bootlegger roots of the stock car and what would evolve into the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, or NASCAR, in 1947. You know, I never knew what NASCAR stood for. 
I did, but I forgot. It's one of those things that, like, you just kind of forget. And then you hear it again, you're like, oh, shit, that's what it was. Yeah, I didn't know that stock cars was, like, a type of specific car. Hmm. Booze runners looked for good mechanics who knew how to make their engines run faster and handle better than police vehicles. Also, that weren't narcs, I would assume. This became yeah. even more important in 1932 when Ford introduced its flathead V8 with eight cylinders, a powerful car that runners started using, as did police departments, to keep pace. By the nature of their illegal liquor business, veering fast along curvy, mountainous roads, runners taught themselves to be the best stock car drivers of the era and beyond. Although nat- national prohibition ended in 1933, production of illegal whiskey continued for years after to avoid taxes and regulations. Many future NASCAR drivers cut their teeth bootlegging illegal moonshine in the 1940s, such as NASCAR Hall of Famer Junior Johnson, who won his learner's permit Junior by running. Johnson. Junior Johnson. <laughs> Junior Johnson. That is a great fucking. That's a very name. southern name to me. Junior yes. Johnson. And he won his learner's permit by running Corn Mash Hooch before his NASCAR debut in 1955. I didn't let I didn't know they let you multitask while taking your driver's test. Right? Let's see how well you drive. Oh, oh well, okay. Well, I have to run this errand real quick if you I have to make a stop at me. my pee pause. What's in those bottles? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Cooking oil. <laughs> Cooking oil. I, I'm just looking over these examples. Um, the rum smuggler uh, Edmund Fahey of Spokane, Washington, smuggled cases of Scotch whiskey from Canada inside his modified Buick across the border in the early uh, across the border in the early twenties. And he had to guard against getting flats in the air's flimsy tube tires. And uh, runners also had to be good roadside mechanics. The rum smuggler put his cars through mechanical tests as tough as those devised by test drivers. Tires were put to the severest possible tests. Heavy loads hauled over the toughest of roads, often at reckless speeds, kept the rubber on your car always under the utmost strain. Therefore, the rum smuggler at all times used the best tires that could be bought. And several companies developed tires specifically for the rum running trade. Many a runner served time in jail simply because his rubber failed him at some critical moment. And Fahey, the guy who was running rum from Canada, uh, dropped out of a runner's racket after an arrest and six months jail sentence in the mid-20s. And he did not end up as a racer. But uh, as it says here at the end, it says that the legacy of the Prohibition runner went beyond casual backwoods racing in 1936 when the city of Daytona, Florida, held the first organized stock car race as a promotion. (laughs) It lost money. (laughs) But but a Prohibition-era mechanic named Bill France, who placed fifth in the race, was determined to find some way to organize stock car racing. And after more than a decade, NASCAR's organization set a single set of rules for racetracks and formalized the sport. And then the first NASCAR race was held in Daytona in February 1948. And the winner was in a modified Ford. Bitch, the winner's name was Red Byron. And he was a former moonshine runner. Also a great name. Also a great name. Amazing. So I present to you the original NASCAR drivers. The original moonshiners and rum runners to the council will we let these nasty mischievous boys in so we're, we're doing like a group a group um deal here a group on yeah yeah we'll let them in 
Yay! And they all come running in, and their little cars come chugging in behind them, and they're all clinking because they got bottles in them and shit. I'm not sure it's safe to run those engines in an enclosed area like the Hall of Mischievous Boys. Well, it's a big, huge party now. I'm just saying, you might want to turn the, the combustible engines off. They've been driving for quite a while. So I'm not too worried about it overall. You're not too worried about the combustible engines, internal combustion engines going off in an enclosed space. You're acting like a real landlord about the conduct of the, of the Hall of Mischievous Boys. I just think it's kind of the antithesis to the spirit. Okay. I just wanted you to know. <laughs> so we could probably use another segment. So we get to do case, our tiebreaker. You mentioned that you have a quiz. Well, you said there was something else also. And I have an AnimeMatch.com article, The Perfect Gift for Your Girlfriend. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Oh, shit. Well, I still want to rock, paper, scissors it, because I want to see how this turns out. Because when Shiloh and I play rock, paper, scissors... Will tie about seven times in a row on average, uh, and and then will and then someone will do something different, and we always do best two out of three, so we do it quite a few times. Okay, so I'm just well, curious. Okay, so uh, rock two. Paper. What the fuck do you mean one two three? What is wrong three, with two, you? Two one shoot. That's what you do, bitch. It's rock paper scissors shoot. Why do you think it's in the name? Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one shoot is what I do. I three, two. I've never heard anybody say that, and that really threw me for a loop. Do you mind abiding by the standardized rules? <laughs> you mean the rules that you just came up with? Didn't come up with it. Literally everybody. Hey, everybody listening on on on, uh, on Spotify, sound off in the comments. Tell me what you say when you play rock paper scissors. It it better not be three, two, one, or I'll punch you in the head. All right, let's go. Rock. Paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, I feel like you were you were delaying it intentionally so you could see what I put up and then win. I'm accusing you of cheating I officially. You just, I didn't even see what you threw. Well, let's you do went it again. Camera as you threw. I well, stayed on camera. Let's do it again. No okay. funny business. Okay, fine. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> you did scissors also. Okay, this sucks. I'm going to throw... There is okay, also a heads slight delay so I can see what you're doing in advance. You are, and I appreciate that you took that opportunity to tie with me and not and not uh, put up rock. I appreciate that. Okay, we're going to do a coin flip run by Google instead. Okay, Micah, heads or tails. Sorry, I'll share the screen. Because I'm committed to Veritas. Oh, now the podcast is committed to Veritas when Stevie wants it. Heads okay. or tails? Uh, let me embiggen my screen real fast. Uh, heads or tails? I'm going to say tails. Okay. Simple as that. You get to do your fucking segment. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even want to do mine after that. <laughs> I don't even want to do mine anymore. I'm so not sure fine. I want to do mine after all that work. <laughs> what was this about again? <laughs> I'm not sure that mine is going to... Uh, and there's the thing, mine not that long, so we, we might still have we might still have to do your quiz. Why didn't you say that beforehand? We didn't have to introduce all that anger. Into the I'm podcast. not angry. I'm perfectly chill. Okay, I'm chill as well. God, <laughs> that, is, that is not said <laughs> like someone who is actually chill. That wow. There's a peal of thunder just now. Ooh, I heard that. Ooh. 
And now it's at my house. That was cool. Heard it travel. <laughs> yeah. But that peal of thunder was dramatically under underpinning. It was really loud. It was quite loud. I, I know, girl. You want up? Oh, she wants up. She's just a baby. Okay. Mod is once again hopped up in my lap. Mm -hmm. Hi, Miss Mod. Or have a dog shaking on me. She's just a baby. Oh, she is just a baby. This is, uh, I want to date you like an animal. Uh-huh. I want to date you like an animal. Animematch.com. The perfect gift for your girlfriend. I'm excited to see. Okay. Pre prediction. Jewelry. Candle. Hopefully it'll be talking about how those are kind of basic. Although they can still be delivered with love, perhaps? It starts off with women are different and there are no universal 100% working gifts that will be ideal for your girl. Okay, good. Good start. There are so many different options out there and at times it's very hard to find just the right gift. Don't worry though, because in this article, we'll try to help you find the perfect gift for your girlfriend. They'll try, setting expectations. Important note, when picking a gift for your soulmate, you gotta make sure soulmate. to show her that... Alright. Stakes have soulmate. risen. <laughs> you gotta make sure to show her that you appreciate and love who she is. Mm. Meaning you'll make her feel special. And yeah. when a gift clearly indicates that you know about the things that she likes and cares about, it becomes truly worth all of your sleepless nights. Sleepless nights? Okay. Yeah, they're stressing a lot about it. Listen, if you both like anime, start there. That's good. You are looking on AnimeMatch.com after all. I'm assuming this is where you met. True. Sometimes we forget that AnimeMatch.com was supposed to be a social site. Uh, with the following tips and tricks, you will greatly improve your chances of seeing sincere joy and happiness in her eyes. Yay. <laughs> You'll Isn't improve your chances want? of seeing sincere joy and happiness. Improve Not that fake chances. joy and happiness. You know... The one everyone's girlfriend does. Yeah. All right. Ready to dive in? Yeah. Let's roll. Let's roll. I like that he's he's bringing a new energy to it. So the perfect gift for your girlfriend, mm. trying to hit the bullseye. Mm. The worst thing you can do when trying to find out the perfect gift for your girlfriend is to start thinking about it at the very last minute. Admit mm. it, you've done that more than once. Using some upcoming occasions to make your present even more meaningful Time is everything, and with enough of it, you'll be able to come up with some awesome ideas. Sure. So just think a little harder, man. Think of all the things that she likes and all the habits and hobbies that you share. Okay. This may give you an awesome idea based on mutual interests. Yeah. Some girls like cooking. Others are big fans of drawing. Use this as your main inspiration. Yet most of the times... Practical gifts are a lot more appreciated than something made by hand. Wrong. I hate that. I think you that's... Hate... Okay, I don't hate practical gifts, but some people do. Some people don't want a pair of socks when they want a fucking Xbox. Some people don't want a new pots and pans set or a new microwave because they want a PSP or a sweater or something. Also, something made by hand I think is very sweet and not everybody likes handmade gifts. Also... But I don't think they should be taking such a hardline stance on this. Okay, fair enough. Don't be too boring. Remember all that stuff that your girlfriend might be talking about buying in the future and forget about that. Okay. 
You need to concentrate on things that she wants, but would never buy for herself. Okay. But it was now, saying to stick with practical gifts? Do what? But it was saying to stick with practical gifts. It was saying that they're oftentimes a lot more appreciated. Okay. All right. Okay. Remember, it needs to be something that she wants for herself, but not something basic like new plates, spoons, or a carburetor for the car. Okay. Yes, some guys consider those to be gifts. Well, one of my friends did give me windshield wipers for my birthday, and I did appreciate it. But I think that in general, this kind of thing is something you should clear beforehand. The perfect gift for your girlfriend, using your brain and communicating. <laughs> Thanks. If the girl really wants something and her birthday is coming up, she might be giving some hints about it. So sharpen your ears and memorize everything she says. Have you ever done that? Tried to drop hints about something you wanted for Christmas or her birthday? No, because I honestly don't even start thinking about Christmas or birthday until the last minute myself. Like, all of a sudden, I'll be like, oh, shit, yeah, my birthday's coming up. I need to come up with something to tell Andrea that I, I want. Yeah, I've started keeping a wish list year-round because otherwise I will forget when somebody asks me what I want. I've never wanted for anything ever. Um, so it is helpful, I think, to maintain some kind of, I don't know, like Amazon wish list or something like that, which can be helpful. But I don't think that I've ever tried a, the drop in the hints um shiloh's really good at it though because they'll just text me a link to something that they think is cool and they'll say this so cool my birthday in five months <laughs> <laughs> and it works <laughs> and they get what they want <laughs> there you go so yeah effective communication was a good tip i think i agree uh, other times all you'll have to do is listen if you're in the spy mode, don't be afraid to check out her social media, especially Pinterest. Keeping your girlfriend's Pinterest, ladies, gentlemen, and others, they have a Pinterest. That can be very helpful. I don't know how many active Pinterest users there are in the year of our Lord, 2023, but I'm an occasional indulger. That's what we call ourselves over on Pinterest. Sorry, oh, indulger. I Honestly, I had a Pinterest at one point. I haven't used it in years. Fair. I don't even remember. Like, I, have, I, I had it from, like, early on in my transition. That's nice. It's very helpful if you literally just want to visualize a, a, a collection of ideas. If you're trying to synthesize a collection of ideas into one cohesive theme, Pinterest is great for that. So whenever I want to get new into a new style, I try and find clothes of that style, and I'm like, sure. That's what we'll go for. Am I still logged into Pinterest? <gasps> Holy shit, I am. <gasps> I would love to see what is on your Pinterest. Ooh, I should read through some of the stuff that I uh, pinned back in 2012. That would be very cute, actually. Oh, goodness. I can't believe that I, I did something so cringe as to use a quote from one of my own lyrics. Bitch, you did not. I did. As a caption to something you posted? Nope. As in my bio. That is really pretentious and i kind of love that what quote is it please tell me it's edgy i have one follower and i'm following one person who are those followers is it your wife it's you <laughs> somehow i actually did not expect that i feel like you just held up a mirror to my face i did not expect that <laughs> and i'm following one board that is just animals it's just animals this can't be my... I had more than this on my... Uh, well, look at your own boards, then. Where are my boards? Where, well, where Go to where your I account. I don't even know if this is actually the account that I was using. Hmm. It's also not letting me see my boards. 
What? It's stupid. No, it won't be under explore. Is your profile picture not in the top right? My profile, which I click, okay. Under saved, the only thing it has boards that I've saved is animals under created. Nothing to show yet. Well, that's dumb. Well, created just means one that you posted rather than ones you repinned from other people. I think you're using it wrong. Hold on. Let me log in. I love that the Pinterest loading sign is a button. I think that's so cute. Okay, you press your profile in the top right, and then you scroll down to saved, and all that's there is animals? Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I just wanted to verify it on uh, on, on my end, but shit out of luck, I, I guess. I think I had a different login for Pinterest. You might have. Because I know this wasn't it. I think you did. Now I gotta try to remember what exactly it was. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Share that daggone screen with me. Now that we have the proper... Cut that whole part out of you getting into the wrong account. <laughs> Ooh, this is great. No, I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> clothing See, ideas. Clothing ideas, gothic fashion, more clothing ideas. Oh, home stuff. Some home stuff, more clothing ideas. Well, these are just, I think, your suggested ones, but then they're suggesting boards that these should be saved to because you're on home. So go yeah, in the top, right. click the M. Now scroll. Yeah. So, for instance, clothing ideas. Oh, this is great. Lots of cool goth eye makeup. Lots of pretty goth people. Oh, these are really cute clothes. Ooh, cute dresses. A lot of stuff that I would never have the balls to wear, to be honest. Well, what about some of the basic sweaters? Like, well, go up, go up. There were a couple. There was one that said witches do it better. There was one that said sunshine is for plants. And those are just kind of like good basic sweaters. Yeah. Right around here. Witches do it better. Get in, There's loser. There's a picture of a coffin that it says get in, loser. Never trust the living. I think those are cute. You wear stuff kind of like that already. Like the, the graphic tee stuff. Yeah. Well, let's see uh, what other ideas. Goth decor. Your house has stuff like this. Uh, which has a lot of some well, really good ideas. Actually. Well, snake embroidery. Solid marriage with Morticia and Gomez. Lots of Morticia and Gomez. Oh, some various gods and goddesses. That's fun. Yeah, these are good home decor ideas. A lot of it is like stuff we already have. Yeah. Glad we stayed on brand. <laughs> Ah, uh, there's the creepy art you one. You put fucking found, I'm sorry, John. It. You put I'm sorry, John on here. So yeah. much of I'm sorry, John. <laughs> For those who don't know, it's kind of it's Eldritch Horror Garfield. That's all you need to know. Norm decor. Uh, norm decor. One pin. One pin. Was this supposed to be home decor? I get the idea that this was a misnamed board. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know I what don't know. that is. They had backyard ideas, which were ideas for stuff to do in the backyard. Like, different That's kinds cool. of uh, composting systems and whatnot. Cool compost. You could Bug do all this stuff if you don't have a backyard that gets taken over by ants like I did. Which you ants did. taking over the yard kind of fucked everything up. You did get pretty short end of that stick. Yeah. There's a board full of gothic fashion. A lot of, uh, lot of jackets. A lot of jackets. Do you like the assassin style hoodie jackets from edealretail.com? Actually, yeah, I think I could still rock that. I'm intrigued. I like seeing what you, you still ascribe to and what you don't. I'd rock the shit out of this one. This Lots Victorian of very tailcoat, cool tailcoats. Purple and black tapestry. That's quite cool. 
Again, this unfortunately is not a visual medium, which Pinterest is a visual medium. Pretty exclusively. So it's kind of hard to accurately describe what a Pinterest board looks like, but needless to say, gothic shit. At least Micah's is, yeah. Gothic garden, a single pin. A single pin, which shows different kinds of black flowers that you can plant. That's quite cool. Yeah. Brazen hussy was the name of one of those flowers. Yeah, I think we actually got some brazen hussies at one point. That rules. Yeah. But yeah, I knew I had a. a you did have a Pinterest better Pinterest. Board where I did more stuff with it. Any followers? Uh, ah. Five followers. None of which are me. None uh, of which are you. Two of those look like porn bots. I'm pretty sure three of them are. Uh, yeah. Maybe even four. Everyone who's not your wife actually might be a bot. Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is no pictures of various older men and various women in lingerie. The men are all in suits. And women in swimsuits. And men with their tummies out. All right. That's from Satin Did. They're that might be satin. a real person. That might be a real person. That's a little I, creepy. Uh, this we're going to click on. Her name Please is be Kim named. Uh, Hardnit. Ah, bitch, I thought hardness. it was Hardness. Wow, there's shit ton of women around you that want to fuck. Fire emoji. Doubt. Double exclamation point emoji. Connect there and see four more. Hasn't saved any pins yet. I really wanted to see what Kimberly Hardnet was into. And there's Ashley Smith. Also a, a, a bikini photo. Yep, there are shit the ton of women same. around you that want to fuck, doubt it, connect there and see for yourself. Yep. Same. Sad. And the last one. This might be a real person. Let's check. No, nope, there are shit ton of women around you that want to fuck, doubt, sign up here and see for yourself. Yeah, okay. Now, who am I following? Ghoulish Girls, Killstar, Your Wife. Yeah, you got a few. Oh, Illustrator. Cool oh. art. Yeah, really cool art. Following yeah. lots of cool boards. Following lots of cool boards. Nice. So, proving that I don't suck at Pinterest when I used Pinterest. When you use Pinterest, I, you don't suck at it all that bad. Yeah, I should... I don't know, maybe we should start using Pinterest again. It's fun. It's helpful. We're yeah, not even maybe. sponsored by Pinterest. I don't know if Pinterest has the money to sponsor anyone. Oh, they're doing bad? I don't know. I just don't really get the idea that many people are using them anymore, but maybe I'm just not the target demographic now. Uh, well, let's find out. How many people use Pinterest? About 482 million people use Pinterest every month. And then go down, is Pinterest still popular 2023? Slightly up from previous quarter. That's interesting. 465 million monthly active users across the globe. Yeah, I'd say it's still That's quite popular. good. Never mind, Pinterest. I'm sorry I doubted you. Pinterest, you could probably afford us. Yeah. 15th most used social platform. That's crazy. Yeah, Pinterest is doing just fine. Peachy keen. Indeed. Close stream. Before we do our plugs. What? We had a user on our Patreon who messaged and said, Good news, you have at least one pagan patron. Yeah, let's go. I think we probably told you, told them to sound off. We told them to sound off in, in the bonus episode. So if you want to know why we asked the pagans to sound off in the bonus episode, <laughs> go sign up for the Patreon. It's epic. And, it's and awesome. uh, also, you can say my name if you want to read this out on the air. And yes, Althea Petrichor was the uh, awesome name. pagan patron. Yeah, really good name. Let's fucking go. So yeah, we have a Patreon. For $3, you get bonus episodes. Twice as many episodes. And for $10, we 
we read your name out at the end. We do. Which, such that's as, not my job. Such as our $10 listeners, Moy Crimson, Louis Meekle, P. Wilbo, Althea Petricor, and Cassidy Johnson. Hell fucking yeah, let's go. Yeah. We also have a, uh, a Tumblr. We do have a Tumblr. suggestions for quizzes. And daily questions questions or topics, any kind of submission, I'm here for it. That's Gender Swap Podcast on Tumblr. Almost forgot. Micah, where can the good people find you? (laughs) The good people can find my music at mxmaxwell1.bandcamp.com. I don't know for how much longer. I'm actually looking for some way new to get my music online. Because Bandcamp may not be reliable for too much longer. May not be now. Well, my stuff's at stevieb.com. That's stevieb.com, and it has links to my Twitch, my Discord, and just about everything else you can think of. Oh, there you go. Yeah, mine, uh... Yeah, Bandcamp's talking about feeding songs through to the AI. Fuck no. I don't want that. No, just get on out. Not worth it. Yeah, we talked about the YouTube. We YouTube. Jesus, no, we didn't. We don't have YouTube. We talked about the Patreon. Talk about we Patreon, talked about the Tumblr. Tumblr, our socials. We normally do it in reverse order, but I think we about got it. I think so. So I guess there's nothing left to say, but uh, bye. Bye.